Luke chapter 2, and we're going to begin there in verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. I'll stop right there and say that it's our tradition, and I don't really understand how we came to this. We tried to reflect over it. Our family acts out the Christmas story every Christmas. So I'm the narrator. So I read in Luke 2, and then I read in Matthew 2. And we have everybody take a part. So there's Mary, and I've got to say, our Joseph was a very unwilling Joseph this year. Um, matter of fact, Mary was coming out with the, uh, the, uh, the cardboard box cradle, and Joseph wanted to be in that instead of being by Mary, which was mom. So I had to make Joseph obey. Anyway, so there's that. And then we had angels, and then we had the wise men. We had King Herod. The, uh, this year was pay, <laughs> played by uh, my son-in-law. Uh, yeah, so had him doing that. Now, I don't know how this happens. Um, we're trying to figure out how this happened. But whenever we do the Christmas story and, and we do it as a live acting scene, we do it with mustaches. <laughs> so everybody puts a mustache on, narrator included. I can't remember if the angels get mustaches, but I, I, I know we do. It's a, it's a funny thing, and we enjoy doing it. But when we read this story and read about the gifts that God has given, we walk over this scene of the shepherds keep abiding in the field and keeping watch over their flock by night. And then verse 9, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were appropriately sore afraid. And I, I always get humored by these kinds of things. Uh, if I was an angel, this is, would be my highlight scaring people. Uh, it would be, ah, oh, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Uh, so they had this unusual experience of the angel coming upon them. And as it says, the glory of the Lord shining around about them, we can only imagine. But again, I can begin to understand they've been being sore afraid. Well, the angel says unto them, verse 10, fear not. Now, why? Because there's a message. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Now, in the message, I've just broken down these verses uh, just simply to take note of these things as we go. So when it says good tidings, this word good tidings is euangelizo. It's the word where we get to evangelize. It's the word where we get the idea of the gospel, the good news. So when it says good tidings, it really is the word, the gospel that we see elsewhere in scripture. Good tidings, good news. And this is the good news. Aren't you glad for good news? Aren't you glad for the fact that God has good news for us? And there really is. And I know that this isn't the New Year's message. That's coming next week. But as we look over this last year and the last few years, you know, we, we're used to hearing bad news and bad news and bad news and bad news. And truly, there are, again, continually difficult and bad things that happen. But know that good news comes from God. Good news comes from God, and it comes from God to you. It's the best message you could ever have. And so this good news is of great joy, as it says. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. And I like the fact that there's a descriptive, not just joy, but great joy. And I don't know that we can truly appreciate that in its entirety. Um, 
Uh, I, again, forgive me for making this a little more personal to our family, but we particularly like gifts in our family. Uh, it's easier with little people. Uh, when you get a gift to a kid that makes them dance, do you know what I'm talking about? And, and that happened with Joseph. We bought him, and you know, and there, I got it at Walmart, and it wasn't expensive. It was one of those little flying, flying things you know, uh, and it has a little toy shotgun and you shoot it. And so if you shoot it three times, it knocks it down and makes it land. And every time he shoots it three times, it lands. He just jumps up and down and dances. And, it, and I'm like, I'm there with you, buddy. You know, it's like, it's, it's just, it's fun, you know, but it's, it's fun to see that kind of excitement. And, and yet, as we think about, now I know this is, this is hard to do. It's easier when you've got something in front of you that you can say, hey, I can hold that, I can experience that, I can see it right now. But I, again, I would, I'll just kind of reflect it this way. Uh, it's kind of like at our house at Christmas time, we, I did very little of it this year. It was Nora and the girls went out and they decorated all of outside. And so they put Christmas lights out there and, and, and it's always fun when it comes that evening and you plug it in and it all comes on at once, right? It's kind of like, well, wow, that was, that's really cool to see and it's exciting. Our salvation is like that. There's coming a day where we will see our salvation up close in a way that we don't see it today, in a way that we will experience our redemption and, and the freedom of being outside of a sin-cursed world. And, and it's hard for us to appreciate it. It's hard for us to imagine. It's hard for us to really be able to understand the depth of the message from the angel of great joy. But I would submit to you, it's greater than we know and greater than we can understand, which will come as we look at Romans chapter 15 in just a moment. You can take your Bibles there, Romans chapter 15. So as we think about this good news, this euangelizo, this message of good tidings, God comes to us with a message of good tidings, and it's a message of great joy, which is a joy that for all who are redeemed is an overflowing joy, a cannot be contained kind of joy. And I wish as a preacher, I had a way of opening that up for us this morning so that we could all experience that now. And all I can say is that it's offered through salvation in Christ. And there's a day where that's gonna be held by all who know him. So come to him now because the promise is that that message is a message of great joy. But it says this as well, a message of great joy that shall be what? To all people, all people. And we're gonna explore that in just a moment. But this message of good news, of good tidings, of great joy, which will be to all people, needs to be reflected upon in the nature of what God is doing for us. And, and again, it'll bear itself out, but as we, as we look at this phrase, to all people, it's an invitation for everyone. Now in Romans 15, verse eight, Romans 15 and verse eight, it says, now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his what? For his mercy, 
as it is written, for this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. And again he saith, rejoice ye Gentiles with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and laud him, all ye people. And again, Isaiah saith, there shall be a root of Jesse, and he that shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him shall the Gentiles trust. And here's the joy that I was talking about that you'd find again in verse 13, a verse that I often go to. Now, the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through what? The power of the Holy Ghost. So when you come to know Christ between hearing glory, the Holy Spirit is going to work in our lives to reflect these truths, to make these truths evident to us, to help us to even appreciate the, these things. But this God of hope, the God who offers this message of good tidings, is a God who will give you all joy and peace through a certain means, and that is believing. And it goes on further to say that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, this is the message. It's, it's, it's all this lead up to, to good tidings, great joy, that'll be to all people. Go back to Luke chapter two. Good tidings, great joy to all people, Luke 2. And you have the reasons given. For unto you, let's read it verse 11 out loud. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. So I've just taken a moment here to reflect that in this is given the reason for good news, the reason for rejoicing, and what is that reason? Unto you is born this day, Bella sang about it, God's gift. He showed his love by giving his gift. We quoted it, John 3, 16. God loves, so he gave his son. The incarnation is the message of God that he would provide a savior, a way for us to be redeemed and a way for us to have hope. A way for us to know that all of our sins can be washed away. A way for us to know that this planet which is stained and cursed and, and, and experiences the, the continual effect of the fall, this has opportunity for redemption through Christ. So it says, unto us is born this day in the city of David, I've just got these two points under here, a savior, which is Christ the Lord, a savior, a savior. So in the gospel message, it's important to remember that this world needs saving. It's important to know that you need saving. It's important to know for you, I don't know who it was this morning, I think Pastor Phil might have said it in the announcements, I don't remember where it was said, but someone said something about uh, that there are troubles and problems that people are going through. Do you have any of those? Got any problems you're working through? Got any problems you're anticipating to work through? Job says it this way, man is born to trouble. Do you remember? He says, man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upward. It's like a fire that has the sparks coming out of it. It's a natural effect of a fire. It's a natural effect of this life. We're, life, we're gonna have trouble. If, and, and if that's all we knew, we're going through life, we're gonna have trouble 
that would be very discouraging. If you've got trouble in your life right now, and you thought, this is, this is all I've got, the daily grind, the daily grind of one more day, of trying to work through another thing, trying to, trying to make my, my path to the next thing. If that's all you've got, it gets very, very discouraging very quickly. But God has so much more for us than what this life has to offer. And aren't you glad for that? Aren't you glad for us that there's more for us than what this life contains? God has offered salvation. He's offered rescue, rescue, deliverance. Second Peter, if you'll go there, Second Peter chapter 3. This message of salvation, which would be to all people, is a message that God's mercy has been extended to all of mankind. And in 2 Peter chapter 3, this offer of a Savior is offered to you where you sit, where you are. And it's important to note as we are getting ready to look at 2 Peter chapter 3, that there are those who think, well, I've sinned so much or in such a great way that God could never forgive me. And I want to remind you that God's hand is not slack or shortened, that he cannot save. 2 Peter 3, verses 8 9. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a what? Thousand years. And a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. He will not leave his promise short. He will fulfill it, as some men count slackness. But as long-suffering to us word, and, and let's read that rest of that out loud not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It is God's will, it is God's desire to offer that message of redemption, that message of hope to everyone that will come, to everyone that will look to Christ and, and ask him to be their savior, ask him for the forgiveness that only he can give. Trevor and Ashley Hartman, they wrote this this morning. I've not even read it, so I have to read it impromptu to you. I just barely saw the message. Trevor and Ashley Hartman moved to Tex Texas, and uh, they were a part of our church for several years. And I said, I want to let you know that Oliver accepted Christ. We spent a ton, a ton of time together this summer, and God had really been working on him. One day while we were fishing, I could tell something was on his heart and he prayed and accepted Christ. That, that seed had been watered by many at fellowship. So thankful for everyone that worked with him. We will always cherish our time there. Fellowship has a special place in our hearts. One plants, another waters, but God's the one that brings increase. God still saves souls. Amen. Praise God, huh? And you're a soul that has an eternity. You need saving. You need saving. Right? Now, I, again, forgive for the, 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 the digression, okay? But uh, anymore, I look at my vitamins and my pills, and I think, have mercy. <laughs> and there is. There is mercy. There's coming a day where we won't need that stuff. There's coming a day I won't have to remember, did I get that one refilled? Do I have to get that one again? There's coming a day, you know, some of you, anybody got surgeries that you've got scheduled in your future that you're thinking you're gonna have to have? You know, it's coming a day that won't be the case anymore. God is just good 
to know that this sin-cursed world, that there it is a heaviness here, there's a groaning here, and we need a Savior. What would we do if Christ had not stepped in? We would be hopeless. Amen. I'm going to tell you, there's no amount of booze, there's no amount of uh, drugs that can cover the darkness of that hopelessness if it wasn't for Christ. There's nothing in this world that you could have. Matter of fact, I've read the stories of the richest people on the planet. You know what? They will continually tell you it's not about the money. The money won't satisfy. And so you say, well, it sure would help. <laughs> but, but, but the truth is, there's always another dollar. There's always another need. There's always another thing. Why? The Lord is screaming to this world, we need a Savior. Not only has he made it known, but he's provided the Savior. And he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 1 John 4.14 says this, And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. He sent the Son to be what? The Savior of the world of the world. So all the things that you could have under a tree, all the gifts that you could receive, if you could pile them up, do any of them compare through all the history of all the presents you've ever gotten, if you could pile them all up, do they compare to the gift that God has given through Christ? It all pales. It all disintegrates lost or stolen or decay or forgotten. Do you know what, what doesn't get forgotten? Someone whose name is written down in glory. I was looking at a picture the other night and uh, I have on my phone, I've got, uh, we got OneDrive and if you have pictures in there, it shows you memories of what happened years ago. I have a picture back when I was in college. I look about like I do now. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I was looking on there. I have a, I have a class ring, a high school class ring. Back when I was in high school, people usually didn't get their class ring until they were a junior or a senior. Well, my parents surprised me, and I got my class ring when I was a freshman. And that was a status symbol in public, in public schools. Like, I got my class ring, and I'm, look at that, you know. And it was gold, and uh, it had a, a green uh, emerald in the middle. On one side, it had a football player. On the other side, it had the mascot of our school. I mean, I, in my mind, I was about as cool as you get because I had that ring. I went to college, and I lost that playing golf, which I don't play golf but I lost it on a golf course. And, I, and we got 18 holes, right? We were traveling in a summer ensemble, lost on a golf course, went to the lodge at the end, realized I, it was in the golf bag. It had fallen out somewhere on the, on the, in the 18 holes. And I thought, I, what are you gonna do? You know, I went back out there and I found it. I found it. And you know why I don't have it today? I lost it again. <laughs> don't you like that story? What's the point? Stuff is stuff is stuff is stuff. It's stuff. It's stuff. And it's not going to last. And it's not meant to. 
It doesn't mean you can't enjoy it. I enjoyed it while I had it. And whoever has it today, it doesn't mean a thing to them. It's probably still on some golf course somewhere. Who knows where it's at now? But it's just stuff. But all these things, it doesn't mean that you can't, again, are, are there joys and blessings and, and enjoyments along the way? Yes, there are. The difference is the things that we experience materialistically, they have a season, a short season, and they're going to go away. All these things are reminders that we need a savior to give us something far more than this temporal stuff. Well, it says here, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior, which is Christ the Lord. The phrase Christ the Lord, this Christ, whenever you read that, it is what is given to the name of the Messiah. It means when you see Christ, it means the promised one. It always is a reference to Jesus Christ, Jesus the Messiah. The promised one that God said would come would be the one that would take our sins upon himself, the one who was bruised for our iniquities, the one who by his stripes we can be healed. It is that Savior, that Christ. Now, again, I want to take a moment here and just glory in the message of the good news of Christ. How is the good news of Christ offered? It's offered as a gift for all that will receive it, right? Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The idea of the gift is what? You didn't work for it. It's not that you deserve it. It's that you are given this thing by God as an offer that you could have never done that Christ does for you. Now, another short digression. So it is true in the history of our music, in the history of our kids' videos, uh, our kids have some video <laughs> videos that they see during Christmas time that are about Santa Claus. <laughs> and about Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. So they, they watch some of those. And in that... Um, there's, there, there's, there's some doctrine in there. And so it doesn't help that the kids have us for parents because we make snide comments along the way. And there's one, I don't, I think it's Santa Claus is coming down. You remember the claymation ones? How many of you remember those? <gasps> you watched it too. Okay. Um, so, so no, no, amen. No, no. <laughs> Chuck, no. Um, <laughs> but then there's supposed to be some, they tell the story about, well, Chris Kringle's got some crystal ball. He's watching everybody. I said, creep. <laughs> and it's like, like and, uh, and uh, anyway, we come to the, and, and then they, there's a part in there. He gives gifts to all the kids that are good or not naughty and the kids that are nice and and, and we take time. You don't get gifts because you're good or bad. We get gifts because we love you. And that's, we tell our kids that. And then it came to, the end of the, came to the end of this show, this little claymation show. And one of our little people says about 
Santa, and it comes to some little thing, they sing a song, and at the very end of the song, one of my kids goes, and he's dead. <laughs> uh, we're not socially well adjusted, but, <laughs> and he's dead. Okay. <laughs> We have a savior that gives us so much more than what this world has to offer. What a great thing. What a great thing. What a great thing to know. You could, you could get the world today. If you had the power to rule the world and to have everything that the world would have to offer you, do you realize it would still leave you hollow? Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy to know that? That you could have everything. You'd say, but I don't know that personally, but you know there are others who've gone on before you who have been the wealthiest of the wealthy and they, they come back to this. These things are vanity. What do we need to fear God, to love him, to come to know this savior that he's given? Verse 12, and this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly there is with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, read it out loud with me, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Pastor Phil, I know we've sung it, but won't you find joy to the world for me, and I need a hymn book. 190, you got it memorized now, don't you? 194, I'll trade you. Thank you. You want to sing? Let's sing. 194, joy to the world. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing and heaven and nature sing and heaven and heaven nature sing joy to the earth the savior reigns let men their songs employ while fields and floods rocks hills and plains repeat the sounding joy repeat the sounding joy repeat repeat sounding joy no more let sins and sorrows roam, nor thorns He comes to make his blessings known, far as the curse is found, far as the curse is found, far as, far as the curse is found. Sing it out. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the name shuns prove 
the glories of And wonders of his love, and wonders of his love, and wonders, wonders of his love. And all God's people said, they, it says, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. It's right and good and healthy, and the Spirit agrees with our spirit when we rejoice and praise God. It is a warming and an encouraging thing to give praise to God. And we'll have eternity to give him thanks for all who know him. There's nothing wrong with trying to start now. But there was praising God, saying glory to God on the high, in the, on the highest, in the highest, and then these phrases, and on earth, peace. Amen? And on earth, peace. You looking forward to it? So what does peace mean? What does peace mean? Well, there'll be no more wars. No more mass tragedy. No more threat of the new disease, of the new thing, the new calamity. No more. There'll be peace. No more fear of what's coming up. By the way, are we supposed to live in fear? Are there some things that make you afraid? All right, TMI, TMI. I woke up this morning afraid. You might do. I, I haven't ever had it happen this profoundly. I woke, I woke up this morning, and I don't know why, just maybe for the message, I guess. But I woke up this morning, and I could not feel my left arm. I mean, it might as well not have been there. And it was totally, right? You know that sleepy feeling you get when it's falling asleep? It was way under past that. <laughs> and I woke up, and it was like, Where's my arm? <laughs> Nora, what'd you do with my arm? <laughs> and then you start to and you start to find, is it still there and something's flopping on the end of your shoulder? And then you try to squeeze it together and it doesn't work. And it's like, wow. <laughs> I was so glad it came back. <laughs> There'll be no more, uh, no more of that stuff. You know, in heaven, he rescues us from all our diseases. He is our great rescuer. There's peace on earth. Listen to this last phrase. Good will toward men. Good will toward men. Good will toward men, it means, to, it really has a sense of delight with kindness. Good will toward men, delight with kindness. This is God's expression, open-armed, to everyone. We'll go ahead and finish out the passage. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away, verse 15, gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem 
and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad. This is a good practice when you know there's a Savior. They made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. We'd do well to do the same, amen? And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Mary kept these things, all these things, and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds did what you found back in verse 14, and returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that he had heard and seen as it was told unto them. I can't help it every time I preach a message like this that it's supposed to be encouraging. I shoot here and I feel like I got here. Why? Because I think it's better than we can imagine what God has done for us. But we do well to imagine it. We do well to reflect upon it. Do you have reasons to rejoice this morning that are far more enduring than what was under the tree last night? Do you have things that are far more enduring than this gift of this unexpected money or this unexpected uh, present? Um, Do you have something that's far more enduring? I hope so. But if you don't, the offer is there for everybody. You want to come to Christ? He died for you so that you can be saved. He died for you so that your sins can be forever washed away. Come to Christ. But if you are saved this morning, give him glory. In the way it seems best in your heart to magnify him, thank him, praise him, lift up his name. He is worthy to be praised.